Yes. Yeah. Hi, welcome to I Went to Film School, the podcast about film school and life after film school. I'm your host, Julia Galle, today. Oh, um, woo. That's a, that's a lie. I'm not the host. Um, no, it's your I'm, podcast. I'm here. Actually, we're giving you the podcast. It's now your responsibility from this point on. We, we've just been trying to find the right person. Uh, you know me and you know I can't handle that. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, fine, fine. <laughs> find someone okay. else. I think you guys do it better. So oh, I think you. that's a lie, but thank you. you just take the compliment. <laughs> All right, fine. I'll take the compliment. All right. Okay, yeah. So yeah, Julia Galley is our guest this week, everyone. And uh, although we did go to film school with Julia, we're not really going to talk about film school because this is like one of our special Halloween episodes. Julia, do you yeah. want to say like what this is going to be? Today, we are indulging me uh, in my top 10 universal horror monster movie sequels. So we're not talking about the original uh, monsters like Wolfman and uh, Frankenstein. Well, we are, but we're talking about their all, many sequels. All of their many, many sequels, which can be like a very weird world to navigate. But I'm here to tell you what's good and what's not good. Fuck yeah! Yeah, hell yeah! The original cinematic universe. Yes, I'm very excited for this. Me too. Um, we are. Yeah. As well. awesome. I, I just want to say, like, I I hadn't seen. Like, I still haven't even seen many of the originals of, like, the Universal Monster movies. So, like, watching many of these films for... You don't uh, brag about that? For the... I'm not <laughs> bragging about... Oh, my God. Okay. Just, sorry. Watching these movies for the first time has been, like, awesome. Like, in... I mean, I mean, like, they're fun. You gave us a really good variety, but I'll just... You know what? Sorry. Yeah, I'll you picked just... really good movies, Julia. Moss and yeah. I, like, binged the majority of them last night. And you, you like, it was a very good bill. Thank you. I mean, I have to say, though, uh, before we even like really delve in, these movies can be very outdated in how they refer yes. to people in the sexism and a little bit of the racism. Yeah. Um, mm. So I was trying to like I had put, picked a little some that I was like, this is kind of feminist. I'm just going to. Yeah, I think for the most part, the, I think for the most part, the ones you picked like aren't as bad as like other movies I've seen from this era or even in this package of like monster movies. Yeah. I kind of avoided the ones that were like a little bit too, like you're watching and you're like, I don't like this depiction. Yeah. Like (laughs) you're like just looking at your feet throughout the whole scene and like, yeah, you're like, "Uh, I don't know if I can be like, this is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. For the most part, I think you picked good ones. And yeah, sorry, I thought I had something else, but no, that's pretty much it. Oh, yeah, I don't know. One other thing about these movies is that, like, fair warning for anyone who, like, might think about, like, going to watch these movies after. One of the good things about these movies is that, like, if you're, if you're like, um, if you're someone who's super easily scared by horror movies, these are good because these aren't, like, as scary by today's standard. There's just, like, a good ounce of creepiness with the occasional scary scene. But, like, for someone who's, like, really doesn't do well with horror, these are a good movie. These are a good chunk, to, a good, like, uh, pool of movies to jump into. Yes, definitely. Um, and I think that's why, like, I am a huge fan of horror movies, but, uh, there's a lot of them that I'm like watching, like through my fingers because, you know, I'm just, I get scared and I think it's good. Like you don't want to watch a horror movie and like not be scared. Exactly. um, Cause then what are you doing? Uh, (laughs) you know, but I think, you know, these are like, they, they, I'm sure they were very terrifying for the time. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's fun to see of, like the roots of horror too. 
Yeah, exactly. And like, you know, a lot of the myths and like lore that we have today is kind of, um, a lot of it is like based on these movies that are based on other lore and other myths and everything like yeah. that. But, um, so yeah, it's, it's interesting to see how the culture has evolved and, and everything like that. Um, but yeah, a lot of the makeup is amazing. The art is phenomenal. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And like the cinematography and like the lighting is like, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, especially, I mean, we'll, we'll get to like the specific movies, but there is some, amazing lighting and especially like uh, well anyway we'll get to it when we get to it but like ooh, yeah ooh. okay <laughs> thank uh, you <laughs> yeah and this and this isn't even the best of it because i feel like the best work was really done in the originals yeah i like, agree not the originals, but the you know the core movies like frankenstein dracula wolfman all that um and these are just like it's an extension of them but yeah they do a good the, job of carrying the torch yeah exactly and you know a lot of these sequels didn't really have the budget that the first ones did so um yeah they're doing a lot with what they can which is is really nice yeah we're gonna say you can just jump in whenever you're ready okay so how we did this was i gave moss and zach 10 movies to watch um and they had no clue what order uh, that I was going to put them in. And up until literally an hour ago, I was changing the order. <laughs> like I thought I had it. And then I uh, was rewatching one or two films today just to make sure that they were very fresh in my mind. And then I was like, right. oh, it's just like much better than what I. This is how we know you're a screenwriter, Julia. What? Because I'm changing everything. Until you're changing shit up to the very last second. Yeah, of, of, <laughs> of course. Well, yeah, it shows that you have authenticity because you're like, I can't just give them a, a list. That and I, it also I shows you put in. like a lot of thought into this, which like, don't like, honestly, don't, like be proud of like changing them up to the last minute. Thank you. I literally was doing research and I made sure I was like rewatching. I re I actually rewatched almost all of the sequels to prepare for this. Wow. Um, except for the mummies, because I got so bored. Yeah, the mummies aren't. They're not very good. good. I'm sorry no. if there's someone out there who like loves the mummy franchise, like good for you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All of our mummy fans are just like, I, oh my God. I think you're yeah. wrong. Uh, but... <laughs> we will fight you. But, yeah. No, but here's the thing. The first, like, even like the mummy's hand, I really enjoyed the mummy and the mummy's hand. Wonderful. Great makeup. Awesome. But then every mummy film after that i watched like the next two or three after that and i was like it's the same it's the same plot. yeah yeah <laughs> which is like kind of what happened after like um invisible woman you know you get invisible agent and then like invisible man's revenge <laughs> it's like okay i get it someone gets turned invisible and they go crazy like yeah you know um but yeah we'll we'll get to all that um i'm she would can I start? Yes, start. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Yes, please. Okay. Um, so I'm going to start from 10 and then we're going to go to one. Yes. 10 being like fine and uh, <laughs> one being like, like a chef's kiss. Creme de la creme. The best. Oh, yeah. You need to watch it. It's essential cinema. Okay. Okay. As dictated by me. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone... This is my podcast now. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay, I'm I'm excited. All right, I'm ready. What's your number 10? (laughs) My number 10 is Ghost of Frankenstein. Should you 
as a viewer or listener, uh, want to watch all of the Frankenstein sequels, watch them in order of release, please, because it's confusing and you, there's <laughs> yeah. so much plot that you need to know, apparently. Ghost to Frankenstein, not a ton happens. There's, um, yeah, you know, Frankenstein and, well, not Frankenstein, the monster, I'll call him, and Igor, um, you know, are roaming around the countryside. Uh, the monster starts terrorizing a town, but he, like, finds friendship in a little girl. Um, and he, the monster gets arrested and wreaks more havoc. But the little girl's like, no, he's, he's totally cool. Please don't. <laughs> And uh, no one believes him, but eventually there is a scientist who I think is the other son of Frankenstein. Yeah. Which they're just like, oh yeah, he had another son. They love doing it. That's their favorite yeah. thing to do in these movies. Yeah, I love the, the Frankenstein siblings just constantly, just this adding catalog. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh yeah, and he had a son. Oh, and he had another son. Um, so so they go to the other son. And uh, he gets, like, a kind of dream uh, that he feels compelled to, like, give the monster, like, a good brain um, and a brain that can't do harm to, like, show the world the genius that his father had. Um, But Igor decides to mess it up because Igor really wants the monster's body because his neck has been broken from, like, the first couple of films because they hanged him, but he didn't die. We'll get to that later. Okay, maybe I'm remembering this wrong, but I remember that in the original Frankenstein, the monster kills Igor. Isn't that what happens? Zach, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, okay, so there, as far as... Not a lot of, there's not a lot of consistency. Yeah. Sometimes people will die in the movies and then come back. That's true. Uh, so yeah, sorry, so, that's, that's my... Let's all get stuck on that. Keep going. Yeah, so it's all good. Uh, Igor is also in Bride of Frankenstein and... Um, son of Frankenstein, which we'll get to later because they're better than this. Um, so yeah, Igor wants essentially wants Frankenstein's body so he can like wreak havoc and be wreak havoc and be like powerful. Yeah. Um, but but the scientist does not want to give him. Yeah, Igor just wants to be a fucking unit. Like yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but he succeeds. He like tricks the scientist. Igor gets his brain somehow in not somehow. Through a plot, I'm not going to spoil the whole thing. Uh, Igor's brain gets into Frankenstein's body, but um, his sight doesn't work. Because they don't have matching blood types. Yeah, they don't have a matching blood type. So yeah, okay. That's That's why. That's why it doesn't work. (laughs) There's um, there's actually this really sweet scene when Frankenstein asks for the little girl's brain to be like put in his body because he wants to be innocent. Yeah. Um, and it's like very heartbreaking, but everything involving the monster is very heartbreaking. Yeah. And it's also, yeah. while that scene is touching, I also love it because the little girl is there and she's kind of like, uh, fuck that. Like, <laughs> yeah, she's very like, I don't know about this. She's so on board with everything in the movie up until then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I love the shots when like, like she's just being handled by like either like an, some other adult or Frank. It's not, and she's just chill, like neutral yeah. face, just kind of like, like a yeah, fucking ragdoll, like. So calm. Um, okay, sorry. So tell us what you yeah. like about the movie. Yeah, no, I, I do. I like, I like the, I like the kid, and this is actually like a um, really important plot point for the rest of the series moving forward because Frankenstein is not portrayed in the for the first four films. 
he's not portrayed as a like um like heartless monster he's just portrayed as like confused yeah and easily frightened and like doesn't really know how big he is so um when igor's brain is put into his body like that is the monster that like culturally we know as like big scary terrible frankenstein yeah so i thought it was important because it had like a big impact if that makes sense mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. yeah yeah, because so, yeah. I remember when I first when I first watched Ghost of Frankenstein, like before this countdown, like a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. I remember when I heard that the whole the gist of the plot was going to be Igor trying to get his brain inside the monster. I thought this was going to mean that like we were going to have like a really formidable villain in the monster, like that, like that full out the monster is going to be like kind of like this evil genius, and that mm-hmm. that's what the rest of the movies was going to go. I didn't think I didn't think that like he'd go blind and we'd have, we'd kind of like go back to like the way the monster kind of was. Yeah, and I think like. Yeah, it's just, yeah, I guess you think you'd, he'd have more, like, cognitive awareness, yeah. but, yeah. So, yeah, there's that one. It's it's fine. Ghost of Frankenstein is fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just wanted to quickly say, I, I do really like the idea in the movie where they're, like, it had a criminal brain, uh, which you could, like, cure with science. And there's just, like, these ideas of, like, yeah, you know, it'll be fine. You just swap a brain out, you know? It's, like, these brains are, yeah. like, it's, like... What's funny about, like, the original Frankenstein book, too, is that, like, it's about how, like, in my opinion, it's about how, like, we're not just brains and bodies. Like, we're connected to our bodies. Like, our bodies actually, like, really help us make meaning. I know it sounds, like, super lame, but, like, it's true because that's why, like, the monster is the way he is. Like, he's just like, this isn't my body. This isn't even my my original, like, purpose. Like, what is my purpose? So, and this, this one, he's just like, ah, don't worry. You can just cure that criminal brain with science. Right, Doc? And it's <laughs> like, how did they don't even explain stuff. So. It's like, it's very interesting. There's like kind of a lot of curiosity with science and stuff. Sorry, Zach, what were you going to say? Oh yeah. And one other thing is that like a question I kind of have by the end of the movie is that, so like they do this operation of Frankenstein where they put Igor's brain in the monster's body. Does that mean that the monster we've, we've known up until this point is technically like gone? Yes. Yeah. So for like the rest of the movies, um, he's, he's much more violent and yeah. like, House of Dracula, House of Frankenstein. Frankenstein meets uh, the Wolfman. Frankenstein meets the Wolfman, and it's because Igor's brain is in his body. Isn't that kind of sad that the monster we've known up until this point, like four movies in, is gone? Yeah, it, it? it's a death. Like, it's awful. And, like, also going back to what Moss was saying, like, even Frankenstein as a book, it's like, you, you almost don't... I feel like there is the intention of, like... And I, I think I, I read this in an essay somewhere, too. Um, but, like, is Frank there's always that thing of like, is Frankenstein the monster or the scientist, right? Mm, Is it mm -hmm. both? Did he really make a monster? Is this like the splitting of the self? Mm, Yeah. That's a good point. Um, I don't want to over intellectualize ghost of Frankenstein. (laughs) That's true. That's (laughs) fair. We'll have more time to tell those. These could, these could serve as a source for like a good essay. These Frankenstein sequels. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I like uh, one last thing I wanted to say though is just, I love like Igor's spec. Like he has a plan. Like he's like, oh, and once I get into the body of Frank of this monster, I mean, he's like he says that he has the ability to like take over the state and the country. Yeah, he says he's gonna like open a business. Like he's fucking ready to go. Yeah, he's got like a full like PowerPoint <laughs> ready to like show everything. It's like I I find it fascinating that like Igor's just been like planning this whole time, and he would just. He, he kept on, t- he's like, well, that's my friend. You're going to just like take his body up. But then it's like, actually, I don't care. I just want to like, take over the country. Also, I would argue yes. that Bela Lugosi as Igor is almost as creepy as Bela Lugosi as Dracula. Oh, yeah. 
Like yeah. he does a very good job. Okay, sorry. We can great. No, it's it's awesome. And I think that like the um there is like a really interesting thing to be said about like um the attachment to the body and like you know what happens when your body isn't functioning yeah. in the way you want it to, right? Yeah, that's true. Okay, so yeah. we can move on now. Sorry, right? Like, if because you're ready, there's there's ten. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And some of them, <laughs> like like House of Dracula, is my number nine. Okay, okay. right on. a hard time picking between house of dracula and house of frankenstein mm-hmm, mm-hmm. upon rewatching it today i thought i should have picked house of frankenstein um hmm, but really frankenstein, why yeah, would you house, have... house of frankenstein made me so mad though and you get the promise that there's going to be it starts off with dracula you're like oh my god it's going to be all of them together dracula frankenstein and wolfman then dracula is there for 20 minutes <laughs> yeah minutes and it is then just about um another scientist being like oh i should cure the wolf man but i'm just so fascinated by frankenstein uh, which, is also, which is also the plot of house of dracula as well um but i i just i really like the like um blood transfusion scenes where um, yeah they're like the scientist is kind of getting uh oh wait should i recap it i guess yeah do you want to yeah, give us a brief of the brief briefer. this is a hard one because house of dracula and house of frankenstein are both so messy in yes. terms of plot i don't know if i'm going to be able to do a good job of this just give uh, us brief and just give the gist of it you don't have to go into any detail because okay. it's a lot this movie dracula comes to a scientist he's like look i want to be cured the scientist is like no problem like let's let's see what we can do he starts to give Dracula blood transfusions with his own blood, um, but doesn't realize that he's being infected by Dracula and he himself is turning into a vampire and has, right. has all these thoughts of like horrific things. Meanwhile, um, Talbot, who Talbot, 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 you know, Talbot, the Wolfman, Wolfman is uh, also seeks him out and he's like, look, uh, I need help. I, I'm a werewolf. I'd like to be cured or not really cured. He's looking for a way to die. Like all of the wolf, every sequel that Wolfman is in, he's just like, someone please kill me. Yeah, just, just keeping <laughs> a light. So sad and heartbreaking, but it, you know, it makes sense. And you, by the time you get to house of Dracula or house of Frankenstein, you're like, okay, I get it. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't include any of the Abbott and Costello meat. That's fair. Select the monster because I was like, I uh, it's it's more of a comedy than it is. Yeah, they're kind of just like sidetracks. They not really have a place in the series. Yeah, but even in those, Wolfman is like someone, someone kill me. Jesus Christ! (laughs) It's a really weird contrast to Abbott and Costello. Yeah. Um. But I just I thought that House of Dracula was like a better uh, incorporation of the the monsters. Um, it was like interesting that the the nurse kind of takes the place of the Igor character in this yeah. one. Who like you know, the, sorry. Also, Frankenstein is there. Um, yeah, <laughs> that kind of sums up this movie in a, in like a nutshell. Yeah, <laughs> this character's around. I, but you know, I, I respect the chaos and I love the chaos. It's um, like the Avengers of the Universal monster movies, a, in the sense that they cross over, but only in that sense. Only in that sense, yeah. I just there was a better way to do it, and maybe it was it's more like the Civil War, but yeah. 
The Civil War? Like Captain America Civil War. Oh, oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it would have been way better if it was set during the American Civil okay, War. I think it would have been way more. Sorry, yeah, go on. Sorry. <laughs> It's all good. Um, we're gonna move on though. Yeah, yeah. I will. I will say, like, House of Dracula and House of Frankenstein were the when I was first going through these movies. Like, I remember it's funny. Most of these movies I watched uh, a couple years ago. I was at my cottage for Thanksgiving, and after dinner, I just watched like four of these movies at my cottage. And yeah, the both of those house movies I found so confusing. I don't remember a fucking thing about House of Frankenstein. Oh, you know what? House of Frankenstein. It, it's really good. Um, I think yeah. I remember liking it. I just don't remember like the plot enough yeah, that was, I could like. It's kind of confusing, like um, the like. Is it the one with the mad scientist? <laughs> Which Frankenstein doesn't have a mad? Uh, I know, but like the, specifically the mad scientist character. Um, I like Zach. They all okay, at the that's end fair. Of it, yeah, like, I can control life, and then yes. like, ruin everything for everybody. That's that's fair. Um, I'm sorry. We can move but, on. But there is kind of like a mad scientist character, um, yeah. and there is this like really interesting like love triangle between like Wolfman and like the Igor character of House of Frankenstein and um, and and another woman. Yeah. And it's very, it's really sad. Um, oh, yeah. And the other thing that stuck out about House of Dracula for me is that Dracula is played by John Carradine, who was this huge Broadway actor at the time. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? And he was, yeah. He was a, he was a big Broadway actor. And him and his brothers, the Carradine, my dad gave me this whole spiel that the Carradine brothers were like this famous bunch of broad, like there were three of them who all acted in Westerns. And they were, and in that era, apparently you would, like, you couldn't turn on a Western movie without seeing one of the Carradine brothers in it. Wow. Yeah, and John Carradine was the original um, uh, Lycus in A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum. Nowadays, John Carradine is on Turner Classic Movies introducing noir films, if I'm correct. He is? He's dead. Not John... Okay, it must be one of his kids then. The guy who was in... He was in Dexter. He was like one of the detectives that almost gets Dexter. Okay, whatever. Anyway... I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to Dracula. House of Dracula, very fun though. It's been a while since I've seen it myself. Um, mm-hmm. I was describing it as the Avengers, but now that I think about it, yeah, I guess you're right. It's probably like Dracula. Yeah, you're right. He's like not, at least in House of Frankenstein, he's not like around all that much. So it's hard to say these house movies are like the big yeah. crossovers. Yeah, like it's uh, it's very fragmented in a way. Um, a good title though. I, yeah, I thought House of Dracula was a nice. Um, I feel like it incorporated everyone better than House of Frankenstein. Hmm. Um, I agree. Yeah. 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 So okay, sorry. Keep uh, going. I'll get number eight is Invisible Man Returns. Really? This is number eight. I didn't expect that to be so low on the list. Get oh, ready. shit. Yeah. Tell us what you... Okay. Um, okay. Give us a brief overview. Yeah. Uh, so there's a man in, wrongly in jail for murder. The Invisible Man's brother. Don't know how. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You see the face Julia just gave us? Like, yeah, just like, you know, it's, it is what it, it is. It is what it is. Little Man's brother comes and injects him with the potion or um, chemical that, like, makes, makes him invisible. So he basically, I like this movie because it's like, he doesn't want to be invisible. And he's like, oh, no, how do I, how do yeah. I not do this? Um, so he escapes from jail and is basically trying to convince like his fiance and um, or the girl he's into and someone else that like he's not um, like that he hasn't killed 
person that he was. Isn't it his brother he's accused of killing? His brother, yeah. 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 So, um, so yeah, he kind of descends into madness during it, which all of the invisible folks do at some point. Yeah. Um, there was a very cool blood transfusion scene at the end when uh, it's revealed that he, like, he is not the killer. And the whole town is like, okay, we'll, we'll give him our blood. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. they're like <laughs> on board. Like the second they find yeah, out he's not a murderer. Like a crazy like chase scene at the end where they find the real killer. Like mm-hmm, it's, mm-hmm. it's Which was awesome. a really good action scene, by the way. Yeah, like it's it's so good. And like, I think this has like one of the happier endings mm-hmm, as yeah. well. And it's like- I Which I wasn't expecting. Older. I thought he was going to die. Yeah, me too. Um, it, but it, it was really good. And then they have that cool scene where he like becomes- visible again which i really enjoyed yeah Um, i loved mm -hmm. it because you kind of get to see his like previously we get to see some kind of invisible made visible special effects but i think they really saved like their best stuff for that last scene where we kind of we really see like his whole nervous system and everything kind of start forming it's like very cool like they they really put a lot of work in yeah it's like so hellraiser yeah yeah so Sorry, Julie, tell us what you like about the movie before we start chiming in. Oh, no, that's exactly what I like about it. Oh, yeah? It. Okay. Like I, I, like, I love that sequence. I love the effects. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I thought it was really well paced, too. Yeah, definitely. See, this a is... Lot of these, go, go ahead, sorry. sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 you go ahead. Sorry. A lot of these uh, movies have, like, a really tough time with pacing. Um, yeah. So I think that The Invisible Man Returns was really well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, w- I was gonna say like, yeah, plot wise, there's always something kind of going like the mystery doesn't even really stop. Like usually, in, in some of the other films that I saw when we were kind of marathoning through these, by the time they get to the third act, there's kind of like all the stakes have kind of already been set up. And it's just kind of action leading to the con- this one. It was like, we still don't really know what's going to happen. Like, there, there's no way to tell what's going to happen, even in the fight when they're on that kind of that coal mine rig and everything. Um, so it was really cool. And I was also going to say, um, Zach brought this up. He was like, wait, let me just say it later. Okay. I want to have this. This is my thing. <laughs> okay. All right. Then I'll just, <laughs> then I'll just say, um, uh, there are a lot of other cool special effects too. um, early stop motion stuff with like the rope kind of tying itself. I really liked, um, double, ex- a lot of cool double exposure stuff, blowing smoke. And you kind of see like the outline of his figure in some points or when it's raining, you kind of see the water dropping off this invisible silhouette. Ooh. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. See, this is partly why I'm surprised that this is so low on your list is because when I was watching this, I was kind of expecting just like a typical like monster esque movie. And then it turned out to be this really well paced and well put together thriller and almost a bit of a mystery. Like I just wasn't expecting it to be as like well done as it was. There was a little chunk in the middle where it kind of lags just a little bit, but then we we get out of that pretty quickly. And uh, my one other thing is that like when you think about it, what do you think about what the scientists... No, not, not this thing. Mom. Okay, okay, thing. sorry, sorry. What do you think about the scientists? Because the whole thing starts because the scientist goes up to the guy and he injects him with that serum and he becomes invisible, right? What do you think about it? The scientist had this serum and he knows, okay, it makes people invisible and then it makes them go crazy and then it ultimately sometimes kills them. And I don't know how to fix this, but I'll just inject him with it and figure the rest out later. I mean... It was kind of yeah. Right. It doesn't. It does. It's not against it, like set me against the movie, but I just do kind of kind of find it funny like how half baked his scheme was. Also, I mean, I, I think they just needed a way to make him invisible. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> okay. I'm like, sorry. I think, I, think I just crossed the line. Like, and you know what? I think that it's it's very interesting because like the writers on these films are very much like we need to carry on the thread from the last movie 
into this movie. Yeah. And with, with all of them, no matter how, like, um, yeah, no matter how vaguely, <laughs> I think that's a nice word for it. No yeah. matter how vaguely it, it's carried on. Um, that's true. So, so, and I think that's something I kind of respect. I respect the continuity. I respect the fact that you need to know what happened before. Mm-hmm, you know? mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, uh, I love it. Yeah. And the last thing I'll say is these invisible people, they're just like naked all the time, huh? Yeah. We're going to get to that. <laughs> Okay. Uh, later. Oh yeah. And okay. Okay. Another movie that I'm going to talk about. Okay. Um, okay. You keep going. Tell us the next. Oh, okay. One. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Okay. So I just one last thing. I swear this is just like a fun fact. I'm pretty sure that the actor who played, uh, I think his name was like Ivan Frankenstein from Ghost of Frankenstein, is also playing what who we would find out is the antagonist in The Invisible Man Returns. It's the same actor, if I'm not mistaken. I, I believe so. I'm not a hundred. Like I, I didn't look. Well, that up. is just I, saying this without having looked it no, up. There's, um, <laughs> there's there's so much crossover in these movies. Like Long Chain Junior, okay, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a hero. Boris Karloff, a hero. Bela Lugosi, a hero. But Long Chain Junior was like played. I'm pretty sure he was in Son of Dracula, he, which I didn't put on this list. And I haven't um, seen it in a while. It's, it's not that good. Um, he was a mummy. He was a, uh, at one point he was, I think in Ghost of Frankenstein, he is the monster. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. 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 He's, yeah, so he was a Frankenstein. He is the wolf, man. This guy did it all. Yeah, he did it all, man. It was so good. Um, But yeah, there is a lot of actor crossover, which is is interesting and and a lot of fun to me. Mm -hmm. Um, I think so too, yeah. Yeah. Okay, sorry, keep going. Sorry, I just want to, I don't want it to be too long. And then I'm. No, no, it's all good. No, we're fine so far. Don't worry. Okay, good, good, good. Um, so then my number seven is Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Good mm-hmm. shit. I love this movie. Yeah, it's very good. It's like more of a Wolfman sequel yeah. than it is a Frankenstein sequel. Uh, but. I, I love it. Um, it's probably the greatest fight scene that we get in in any of these movies. Um, With a really, a really awesome poster, too. Yeah, so cool. Um, I'll give a really brief rundown of it. Basically, um, if I'm not mistaken, because they've I've watched all of these very recently, so they're all mush in my brain. Um, <laughs> so Wolfman... Uh, hears about a famous scientist who um, I believe is Frankenstein uh, from Ghost of Frankenstein. So he hears about him and he's like, great, maybe this person can cure my whole wolf vibe. Uh, I'm going to start earlier than that uh, because some grave robbers dig him out. They fucked up. Uh, No, it's okay. Yeah, and then he you know, is like, oh my God, I'm alive. <laughs> really upset about it. And then goes uh, under the guidance of um, an older woman. He like goes to seek out Frankenstein's help. And, uh, but during this, I think uh, the monster and Igor are like, I don't know if they're frozen or defrosted or like 
come out of sulfur or something. Um, yeah, it's always frozen sulfur. Frozen sulfur yeah. seems to be these, the Frankenstein movie's favorite plot device. Oh, yeah. Oh, you need Frankenstein who would like be around like 30 years later? Oh, frozen sulfur. Yeah. Which I have exactly. to say must smell awful. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's got to make the monster just like feel he can't think, go anywhere. You think right? the monster like, just permanently smells like rotten eggs? Like, yes. Of course. Oh, right. Of course he does. He is. Oh, God. Ooh, no. <laughs> You're off the podcast, Zach. Like, God, it's my I'm, podcast so, I'm so happy with that. Like, <laughs> I'm really, I'm really glad you're happy, Zach. Oh my god! Oh my god! That's gonna be this episode title. Is like, oh my god, your own line. You're, you're gonna make your own line. The episode <laughs> yeah. title. Okay. I'm so sorry, Julia. I'm, I'm sorry. Okay. Like Julia, this is your podcast, and we're just being the worst guests right now. I'm you so just sorry. Keep, just keep going. Well, well. <laughs> He, this is his own joke, by the way, people. Like he said this. No, like, of course. He didn't, like, what? Did you did you like write it down? Have you been Shut rehearsing? Up. Okay. Anyway, sorry, sorry about okay, that. Okay, we're, we're moving on. Okay, we're moving on. I'm taking. I'm I'm in charge now. Okay. All right. Uh, so it's got a great song sequence. In yeah. It. Uh, it's it's awesome where they basically just t- talk about the lore of Wolfman like through song. And it's like and a huge Wolfman. musical number too. There's like 50 people singing. Yeah, and then like Wolfman is getting like I'm just gonna call him Wolfman. Uh, yeah, that's so fine. Gets the gist of it. He just gets really. He's like, why are they singing this about me? And he gets really uncomfortable and mad. And it's a dramatic scene too. It's really well done. Yeah. And to be yeah. fair, like if this random like barbershop quartet suddenly just starts singing about my life and they're just like, oh, the tragedy of living forever. He's just like, oh, stop it. Like I would freak out too. Like it was sad. And it's like, it's just, it's yeah. a, it's like a really well done scene. It's almost a perfect scene. Like, mm-hmm. and like Wolfman is like such this kind of, this movie kind of sets up Wolfman as like a tra- very tragic character. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. it's really like, you really get the, I mean, Wolfman already in the original movie is it's really sad. Like, and I think what I love about all of these monsters is that like, and the ones that are like near and dear to my heart is that they don't, they don't want to be monsters. Yeah. You know, it's like this whole, like, you know, and I also think that this is maybe influenced by like the, you know, post-war era that they were made in. Yeah. It's like, you have all these That's a good point, actually. Like, yeah, like I, I didn't, I don't want to be mad, bad or evil, and I don't want to be judged for the things that I couldn't control or couldn't do. Like you know, and you mm. wonder like who was identifying with that at that yeah. time, right? It's uh, it's really difficult, and I believe it was the writer of the original Wolfman who um, he made a joke about doing a crossover. In the in like in one of the while well, they were having like some story meeting at uh, Universal yeah. Studios, and he jokingly said like, "Oh, like what if we do like Frankenstein meets the Wolfman or something like that?" Or I think he had a mixed up title at first, where it's like Frankenstein Wolf's the Meat Man or Wolf's the Meat Man or something like that. Like it was really it was a weird thing. And then they were like, "Oh no, we're gonna do a crossover." Yeah, he's uh, it's great. It's uh, sorry, I didn't mean to like hijack that from you. It's for the series um yeah and it's yeah it's just it's heartbreaking man mm-hmm. um yeah especially like the werewolf's mark in the wolfman kind of lore is 
like looks very similar to like the star of David and it's like yeah. the mark of mark of death. Like it's it's there's a lot of like I think that in a lot of these movies there's a lot of like post-war context that you can kind of look at. Yeah, yeah I, no. I I never noticed that. Now I can't unsee that. That's a really good point. Yeah, yeah that's right. This is why. This is why I'm here, baby. <laughs> Damn, Julie, you're like blowing my mind. Like thank you. Um, yeah. I, I was also going to say Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. I think in my opinion of all the films that I saw from, from this, it probably had the best acting. Um, I felt it, mm-hmm. it was surprisingly good, like really minimal dialogue that was just like dark and serious. Um, I think it's one of my favorite ones that of like of this list. Yeah. Yeah. The score is surprisingly like not lacking in terms of like quality, but it's just very, it's a very quiet movie. Just a lot of like, dialogue with no music at all to kind of like ease us into a scene it's just like nah man you're just gonna listen to this poor man just, like, i feel like everyone goes into this movie thinking it's gonna be silly and it's probably one of the more serious ones in the whole series yeah mm-hmm. yeah sorry is there anything else you want to say about it before we move on no and that like lack of music is just like then when you have that huge musical scene it's like an explosion yeah in sense. It's, it is overwhelming you know yeah mm-hmm. And, and you get to see like the whole castle explode by the end of it like um oh, it's like yeah it's fucking great go watch guys if you take anything from this episode please go watch frankenstein meets the wolfman whoa 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 yeah. whoa, whoa. We're, we're doing a list here i am i'm just yeah. go on julia um but it also has like a cool transformation sequence in it mm-hmm. yeah yep yeah oh yeah mm-hmm. and for all of these like wolfman transformation sequences long cheney jr just literally had to lay on a table or like sit wherever he was and they would do makeup and shoot for a bit then do more makeup and shoot for a bit and sometimes it took like hours and hours that sounds like fucking torture well he was um even for i think it was the mummy makeup sometimes it'd be like eight hours a day of like getting just getting into the makeup oh my god yeah I'm I've been like at a loss. Like holy hell. I mean, like they were all they were all on, on stuff to keep them awake. <laughs> it was a different time. It's not like it a time, but like it's 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 crazy. Like it's nuts. Yeah. Um, I, I remember I remember when I when I heard about like the the makeup for the Mystique character in the X-Men movies. I remember I, I would always hear like that taking like, you know, like a super long time to kind of get done. And if it's and if you think about like all the technological advancements from like then till those movies were being made, so if that took a long time. Just imagine like the kind of the labor involved of transforming this man into a wolf man and holding that pose because they really do like it, it doesn't just, look like he moves at all. Yeah, like it's just cross dissolve into next like just cross dissolve, cross dissolve, and then he's the wolf man. It's like it really does look like frozen in time. It's like they were good filmmakers or something. Yeah, is yeah. that? <laughs> sorry, all right, all right. I'm sorry. <laughs> There are a lot of really awesome werewolf transformation sequences through the movies, but um, there's also there is another one I wanted to highlight really quickly uh, before we go on, and it's um, the werewolf transformation sequence in uh, Werewolf of London, original yeah. Werewolf of London, not American Werewolf in London, mm-hmm. Werewolf of London. Um, because they do, I didn't ask you guys to watch it because it was, it's like a fine movie, but there's better ones. Yeah. Um, but it's still worth, it's worth the watch for sure. I've seen but it, yeah. They, yeah, they like literally, the camera is moving backward and through a hall with a bunch of pillars. And every time he passes a pillar, 
like there's more makeup on yeah. him. Oh, cool. And it's like more and more. It's it's honestly really it, well it's done. Beautiful. It's art. It was like an ingenious way to do it. Perfect. So just just um, just a werewolf in London. Were, werewolf, yeah, werewolf of London. London. Okay, cool. I'll I'll check that out. That yeah. sounds really yeah. cool. That's good. Um, all right, let's move on. Sure. Yeah. Okay. The next one is She Wolf of London. That's number six, right? Number six is She Wolf of London, yeah. some thoughts on this one but you you start us off okay so i it is more of kind of like a psychological thriller than it is a horror movie Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um essentially what happens is there is a woman who has a curse in her family of like people turning in and then we kind of find out by the end of so she starts kind of uh like mud on her shoes and there's a bunch of murders happening and then she like wakes up with blood on her hands and like she's convinced that she's turning into a werewolf um at night and like killing people and she's like completely tormented by it there's this really cute guy who wants to marry her and she's like i don't know if we can do this i might be a murderer it's like yeah lots of turmoil and then you find out that it's like one of her relatives like gaslighting her yeah spoilers by the way <laughs> spoilers i guess um yeah she's like being like gaslit the whole time yeah uh and it's it's terrible uh but i love it because it has that like murder mystery aspect to it mm-hmm. um, yeah. it kind of just deviates a little bit from the like format that we're used to people hated it when it came out people were like what? felt like they were wrong yeah uh, which is like, so like I came oh, for a horror movie and yeah. this was not a horror movie. I kind of feel that though. Like I'm gonna let you finish, but like I got some thoughts mm-hmm. on like that whole angle, but keep going. Yeah, no, I just I thought it was like really uh I thought it really talked about legacy in an interesting way, in the way that like a lot of these movies do. Um yeah, it was a lot of like are the sons of the father the same of the not the sons the sins of the father same as like the sins yeah. of the children mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. yeah which you get there's so much of that in all of these films yeah that's their that's um, their favorite fucking thing to do is that like, yeah exactly um and i think it's like actually really interesting to look at like um gaslighting and trauma in this way and you know the guilt that she's feeling like it's i think that she just gives a really good performance oh yeah she she, should highlight like i i I remember thinking like um i remember like being pretty sure at least that's like oh man i i they they set it up so well that you just automatically think that she's like a werewolf and you're just gonna like eventually see it and like later on you're like wait a minute, what, what's going on here? And then they throw you a, a curveball and they make you think it might not even be her. It might be this, the other like sister, I think, or maybe like her, her, like, I don't know how I remember how they're related. Just, yeah. Super clever stuff in terms of misdirection on who you think might be the Wolfman or stuff. Yeah. And like, okay. So I, like you were saying in the beginning that people were super pissed that this wasn't a horror movie in the end. And it just turned out to be a mystery. Like Julia, you know how much of a huge fan I am of murder mysteries, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. So the whole time when watching it, like I know the whole dramatic question of the movie is like, are these murders werewolf murders or is it just some like psycho, like what's real, what's not like, like, or like are your own thoughts deceiving you that whole thing. 
But then like the whole time I'm watching, I'm like, I was just waiting for the twist that there was a werewolf the whole time. Even when the, even when like the villain of the movie is explaining, like I'm the one who's been doing all the killings. I've been making you think you're a werewolf. I was gaslighting you so we could steal your fortune. Even then up to the very last frame of the movie, I was waiting for the reveal that there was an actual werewolf movie. Like there was an actual werewolf. And at the end of the movie, I'm kind of like, I liked it, but I also have to ask why this was, why they wanted to write this as part of the Wolfman series at all. Cause like it almost doesn't even belong. Like I, a lot of these movies are in this giant package of universal monster movies that Julie and I both own. And I'm kind of like, does this movie even belong in the package? Sorry, I'm coming I mean, in hot there, but yeah, I, I get that. Um, I like still I still think, liked it, but yeah, I still think that the intrigue is like worth it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I think I think it is still a very much a monster movie, but not in the traditional sense where like you're still get. It's like calling the Psycho are the monsters. Yeah. Yes, but I but seriously, it's like calling Psycho a monster movie or something like that in terms of like understanding a twist on like who's actually committing the murder, what's making them kind of monstrous. Um, and it's like in this, the the real twist is that like you feel like they've that she has no agency and that she's just kind of being toyed with but really it's like it's not it's that like this this uh this other person who like you realize they're pulling the strings and um yeah it's just very 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 clear reminded me of a lot more of like a hitchcock film like notorious or something you know like fair yeah yeah definitely and like i think i think that's why i liked it um wanted just to give it give it a place among the stars. Yeah, sorry, Julie, I didn't mean to like shit all over this choice. I realized like how crappy I mean, no, I could. it's good. It's like, you know, it was it was controversial, you know? Ooh. It was. Yeah. It, like, it was back then, it is now. Um, sorry, I have, I have notes here as well. Yeah, keep it, yeah. Yeah, I just, uh, yeah, I, I like the reveal, but it's, uh, I, I get it though, man. I, Julie, I, I understand. I, I asked you, I have a question for you. Okay, let's say like you were like an audience member who went to these horror movies back in the 30s when these were coming out. Do you think you would have been disappointed by this movie if you had seen it when it came out, like expecting a Wolfman sequel? Um, I don't know. That's fair. Uh, I think I think maybe, if I think if I was expecting a Wolfman sequel, yes. Yeah. Um, but like when I was watching it, um, so like I watched it without having known any of the plot um and i still really liked it at the end because i was like yes like sometimes there is no monster sometimes the monster is somebody else Mm -hmm. like in my life right like it's like there is kind of that element of like you know sometimes it's not the fantastical sometimes it's just people who are really mean and trying to screw you over yeah and i think that that is like a, a very important like element um element to it if that makes sense no that does that really makes sense yeah yeah okay yeah but i don't know but i think some i think there's a part of me that'd be like i just wanted to see like a female wolf like same the guys had something you know we okay. can't have it all yeah true. <laughs> it's the moral of the story here okay speaking of having it all though keep going yeah we're gonna go to number five yes which is the invisible woman Here we go. Yeah. Okay. Visible Woman was, it, it's hilarious. It's a horror comedy. Um, I think maybe one of the first. It's, yeah. Uh, the, so it basically centers around a scientist who's trying to test this new machine that turns people invisible. 
Um, and he puts an ad in the paper and Kitty, who is working as a retail employee, all been there. Um, she <laughs> answers the ad cause I think she, she thinks it'll be a blast. Um, and she does it. And basically this doctor is just trying to get her like to another doctor to be like, Hey, like, look what I did. And she keeps just like running off and, uh, being completely disobedient. It's almost and- a screwball comedy. Yeah, it's hilarious. Um, and it was like, considered very risque at the time because the invisible people were like naked for a they whole They fucking naked, bro. Right? Yeah, to be really invisible, you need to be in the nude. So like as someone who Your was... Your goddamn birthday suit, like... Yeah, and it was like even... <laughs> so uh, more risque that it, was, <laughs> it was even more risque that it was like a woman naked the whole movie, yeah. right? Essentially. Um, but my favorite thing about this movie is that so she works a retail job and the first thing that she does when she's invisible is she's like i know exactly what i'm gonna do and she sneaks out and she goes and terrorizes her boss and demands better working conditions for her and all of the other women who work at the store yeah absolute legend i love i was just like oh my god the first thing she does is go screw like honest to god the movie could have ended right there and i would have fucking loved it she spanks him (laughs) she like Like, yeah she threatens to throw him out a window like yeah and then after later on the movie you see it works and he's just like everyone you can have the afternoon off i'm increasing everyone's pay like (laughs) that made the movie so timeless like it brought tears to my eyes yeah, because everyone knows that working retail sucks sometimes. Yeah, like, and like it's almost like everything she said, like I could relate to in one way or another from a retail job I've worked. Yeah, it's like the leering men, the women grabbing at me. I'm like, yes, we've been there, man. Yeah, this movie spoke to us. Oh, she's and she's hilarious. She's just so funny. Yeah, she the actress who plays so- Kitty is like is a is has fantastic comedian timing. She's great delivery. Like I'm, I know I'm sorry. I'm like telling you what you already know and like kind of like hijacking this a bit, but like no, it's good. I want to hear what you think. She was fucking. You know what's funny? I so we watched The Invisible Man Returns and then Invisible Woman right after. Those two movies are almost like complete polar opposites of each other. Oh yeah. Which I wasn't expecting. That. I was expecting this to have a bit more of a thriller root, but I love the comedy and I love the cartoony mobsters. I kind of want to spin off with just them. Like when they drive yeah. up on the car and they don't and they and they haven't noticed that there's been a just married sign on the back of the car the whole time, like it's just it's it's fantastic. That movie was fantastic. And also, do you know John Barrymore is the scientist in that? Oh, is he? Like legendary actor John Barrymore is the scientist with the machine. Wild! Yeah. I didn't catch that. Yeah, that was like one of the last roles he ever played. Two years after that movie came out, he died. I think one of I think the the best part is that. Not only does she like mess with her awful boss and like these terrible, these terrible customers and stuff, she, she fucks with the mob. Like these people with like multiple, like this giant shotgun and she just grabs it out of his hands and beats him over the head with like, oh, good fucking shit. Like, mm, mm. yeah, I have no He's complaints. About this. And it's, it's the first like invisible person who like doesn't descend into complete madness and disarray. Like, yeah. She knows what she wants. And she fucking gets it. Yeah. I love that drinking yeah. turns her invisible too. Yeah. That was a very <laughs> fun part of it. <laughs> it was, it's hilarious. Um, 
because they like because then she becomes not invisible anymore and then she drinks and she's like oh no yeah why like, <laughs> um, yeah no it, it's awesome it's it's very good yeah good choice um, good choice there julia seriously you. now we're moving on yeah we move on of course yeah uh so number four is dracula's daughter Okay. Okay. <laughs> no, I said okay. Okay, I said okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. 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 <laughs> I, 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 for one, love Dracula's daughter. It was good stuff. Oh, I liked it too. Moss, why did you like it? Um. First off, okay, maybe I'm just biased, but like the uh, the actor who they got to play Dracula's daughter, I believe, like Count uh, Aleska, I think her name was, or like the character awesome pick like she literally looked it's like oh you look at her and you're like yes this is dracula's daughter this is there's so much i've been studying a lot of vampire stuff there's so much crap about alucard and dracula's son like so many different things i've this is the first i've heard and i think that like she's a way better like kind of child of dracula than the than like his like because they always do like his drax rebellious son crap and it's like i don't give a crap about this i want to see this count i want to see more of count Aleska. Just, okay <laughs> uh, do you want to bring us a brief overview? Oh yeah, so uh, the Dracula's daughter. Um, so it actually starts right after Dracula ends um, with the arrest of Van Helsing. Uh, so the like two police officers come like, "What's going on here?" And they just see like Van Helsing with like a wooden stake and uh, the body of Renfield and the body of Dracula. So they take him in and uh, bring him to Scotland Yard, and people think he's nuts. Uh, but he has a student who um, used to study under him who's a psychiatrist now. And he reaches out to him and asks him for help to defend himself. Meanwhile, there is Dracula's daughter who is kind of like, thinks that now that Dracula is dead, that she'll be free from her um, temptations and such. But that is unfortunately not the way it works. And she's trying to use a psychiatrist for help for her um, to to help her like not have these temptations anymore, um, but she quickly realizes that this is not how it's going to go. So instead, she decides to kidnap the psychiatrist's love interest and tries to exchange the love interest for him. So she says, "If you like come with me and have eternal life with me, like I'll give you back your like right your lady friend." Um, yeah, and then she uh, then she gets killed by her like assistant because he was like, "Hey, excuse me, you promised me eternal life, lady." You can't and just he's be like handing it out to other people. I've been trying to help you. This like whole a bad movie. ex. Yeah. Oof. Yup. Yeah. Anyways, okay. what'd you guys think? So, Moss, it wasn't that funny. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, I was gonna say. Um... Yeah, I really dug it. I really dug the outfits for a lot of the characters. I like the atmosphere. Uh, I think the set design was also really good in this one. Um, what I liked about it is that, like, when I first heard Dracula's Daughter, I kind of just assumed, maybe I'm just judging these books by their covers to an extent, but, like, I kind of assumed that it was going to be just, like, a female Dracula running around doing vampire stuff. But instead, like, she's, like, is sick of it and she doesn't want to be a vampire anymore. And, like, she wants out, which I'm, like, I like that contrast. Especially for a movie that begins like minutes after Dracula ends. Yeah, it was actually supposed to be that. Like, really? There's a 
very early. So there was the writer who wrote, um, I believe it was Bride of Frankenstein and Frankenstein. I think it was him. I might be wrong. Wiggle, you guys can do a corrections corner yeah, next week. It's all good. Um, <laughs> but uh, there was a version of this that was supposed to be that um, Dracula's daughter uh, tortures and kills men um, oh. with some leather straps oh, and oh. other gear involved. Oh my. Um, it was supposed to be like very um, different. <laughs> That's the word for it. <laughs> it was supposed to be real different than what it was. Um, but but yeah, it so there there was that version of it that I'm sure exists somewhere in the ether. Uh, but this is kind of what they ended up with. Um, which you know, I kind of would have also liked to see that version. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um yeah, and I I like the lesbian undertones slash overtones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um she is so creepy. My God. Do you think the lesbian overtones, do you think that was like intentional on the filmmaker's behalf at that point? Or do you think it was might have just been like I think it might have been an accident, but like I also don't know how you can see like a oh I wanna draw you. Can you take your shirt off? As <laughs> like I don't know how that's an yeah, accident. That's fair. Um, yeah. Yeah. But maybe they were just like I don't know, maybe back then they were like lesbians don't exist, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's um, like it's like, oh that's fine, you know women yeah let's throw it in it's um, the 30s yeah. yeah but uh but yeah it was yeah it's awesome and the receptionist character who is like <laughs> like i just love and trust she's hilarious and she just messes with his life like for the whole movie yeah, yeah. that's true like she intentionally <laughs> oh yeah she prank calls him yeah the prank like, call scene was really funny <laughs> it was hilarious um and she uh I love how like defiant and like mean she is sometimes. She's so passive aggressive. It's just makes her spin off. Like... <laughs> yeah, and she has this like hilarious competition basically with Dracula's daughter. She's like, Yeah, whatever, we'll see who he chooses. She like <laughs> lies to her. Like <laughs> I love the confidence. Like, yeah, I can beat you. <laughs> Immortal, a great character, lady, beautiful lady. Yeah, she, she kind of steals the scene in whatever like part she's in. She really does. Yeah, she's uh, she's hilarious, and I think that um, yeah, I just think that it's it's really I don't know. I feel like this one is also really sad too, in a way, because it's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. So just she finally thinks that she's like no longer going to be like bound to these rules or like you know this the life. life that this like man essentially has like set out for her. Um. And it's kind of heartbreaking because it's not that. And then she she does really try hard not to be um, like a monster before like kind of giving up on herself in a way. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it's heartbreaking. And it's really also weird because like the Renfield kind of character in this movie, uh, the like the assistant character. Yeah. All vampires have like a an assistant or a Renfield that helps them. Like I always found it to be such a weird detail. Them. Pardon? I always found that to be a bit of a weird detail, but yeah, it's just like one of those one of those things. It's just like in every like yeah. it's like Igor in every Frankenstein. That's true, one. actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, t- yeah. typically vampires will have. I mean, they're fictional, so they're not real. But what, typically, what? vampires you, you will have. Julia, uh, vampires aren't real. They have a familiar. 
Like that's like that's yeah. a term that's like a, a person who like is trying to get eternal life. So we're lucky we're just glossing over this. All right, okay, all right, fine. Go on. Never no, mind. no, it, it's true. It's true. It's like that's that's what the lore is, right? So yeah. in all of these movies, they have a they have a familiar. Um, but yeah, that character is like it, you have these really interesting scenes where she's like, "Oh, I'm gonna." She play, starts playing the piano, and she's like, "This is a song for my childhood." And he's like, "This song sounds depressing and dark, and like." Mm-hmm. you know you're never going to get away from this so it's like she's like still kind of being yeah. like gaslit and manipulated by men yeah you know, even as she's just like trying to get better and like move on with her life and these guys are just being um, dicks yeah yeah it's not fuck. cool um yeah and that scene where she like uh bites the young girl is is truly terrifying yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um like and i think it's kind of a, in a timelessly terrifying way for women where it's like you get lured in by someone because you're in a tough situation. Like she's literally about to kill herself. And someone says, Hey, like I've got food and water and a warm bed, just like come and do this thing for me. And it's like, that's like the worst nightmare, you know, like that's like, yeah, fuck. That, I forgot about that scene. for me and, mm. and is real for a whole bunch of other people every single day. Right. Yep. So that is like, it's like genuinely terrifying. Um, yeah. Good. It, it was a good pick. Thank you. Okay. Um, now we're getting into the top three. Now we're getting into it, man. The top three. Okay. Uh, so next is Son of Frankenstein. Mm. Oh, damn. Okay. All right. Why don't you give us the an overview of kid of all time is in this movie? Sorry, the what? The cutest child of all time. Really, you you like the little boy? You don't think he's annoying? I love the little boy. Okay. So Do you hate him? No. Uh, on my first watch, I kind of found him annoying, and I kind of like found he had like a bit of a New York accent. Like That's I didn't, I, I didn't hate him. It's not like it. Just, <laughs> it wasn't to the point where like whenever he was on screen, I was like, oh fuck. I was just kind of like I got a, like a little wary of him. Zach Fair just enough. Zach just can't stand New York accents. He heard a little kid with one. He just wanted to hit him. I don't know. It's it's weird. Yeah, I but the guy who, like loves New York. Oh my God, Zach! I didn't know you hated kids. But okay, Zach hates kids and New York. Go on, Julia. Julia, Julia said that was such a cold tone and a look. Like I'm pretty sure, like some frost <laughs> just like went over the layers of her dresser. Like. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so what's but, do you want to yeah. give us an overview? <laughs> yeah, I'll give you an overview. Uh, so basically. Uh, the son of Frankenstein inherits the Frankenstein estate and he goes to, uh, he goes to the village and he's like, I'm here. We're here as a family, me and my wife and my cute little kid. And everyone is like, why are you, you need to leave. We hate you. We hate your family. Um, it's like mean girls, but like an Eastern European yeah, village. And, like, and he's like, I didn't, I didn't do anything wrong though. And they're like, no, we can't have it. You're cursed. Yeah. Um, so while he's like exploring kind of the castle grounds one day, he finds a sulfur pit. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is the first time there's a sulfur pit, guys. Okay. Oh, that's right. Uh, it is the first time. This is the first sulfur pit. So we can't get upset about it. Um, okay. He finds a sulfur pit and he also finds Igor and the monster. And uh, Igor explains that he, uh, he was hanged, but he lived, but his neck is broken. It was really gnarly um, prosthetic of like his bone, like just yeah, oh, like lopsided in his neck, which Ugh. is terrifying to me. 
Um, That's right. And, you know, that Frank, that the monster is not doing very well. Uh, so he asks for help and he's reluctant, but he ends up being like, you know, if I can cure the monster and make him better and show everybody that he's harmless, then like maybe everyone will forgive me and my family name. But he quickly realizes that that is no bueno. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's also a character in this movie who was a child the first time the monster wreaked havoc. Right. And had his arm ripped out by the monster and now has like a uh, prosthetic wooden arm that also gets ripped out at the end of the movie <laughs> again. Sorry. And I, and I felt so bad. I was like, imagine just like reliving your childhood trauma. Yeah. Like this, later. this, this whole ordeal cost him an arm and a leg. Oh my God. Oh my God, Zach. <laughs> Sorry. So anyway, that was the inspector character and it's, <laughs> He wanted to be a general. I'm going to try and like stop. I'm sorry. I'm going to keep yeah, it. Too. Yeah, that's what I thought. I also said a completely useless point, just trying to side, side away. Uh, he has the perfect face for his monocle. Like I found he's like very expressive. Like you can always tell that he's just like, I know you're doing something, Frankenstein. What are you up to? And he's just like. I feel like the monocle was born first and the face just kind of came around. Just, just formed around it. Yeah. Yeah. I want a monocle. Yeah, definitely. He was he was a great character. Um, especially because like there at one point is an angry mob outside the home of uh of whoever uh, Frankenstein. And he's like, Don't worry, I will protect you guys. Um Aww. and he's he's a nice guy, but now I feel bad uh, for making that joke. Yeah, Zach, you should. <laughs> I I could come up with like ten more arm puns, but I'm gonna. Oh, I I know you could, and we're not going yeah, to. Um, you don't need a hand, okay? <laughs> <laughs> not you too, Ju- Oh no! <laughs> oh, that would hurt my chest. Like, <laughs> okay, okay. For me, wait before you go, Moss. For okay, me, good. I love I love Son of Frankenstein as a horror movie. I think it's a fantastic sequel to like for, like in the Frankenstein series period. I think you could you could put Frankenstein Bride of Frankenstein and Son of Frankenstein as like a trilogy and like it works very well. Mm-hmm. Uh but the but like another huge reason I love watching Son of Frankenstein is seeing all the connections between the Son of Frankenstein and Young Frankenstein because this movie along with the original Frankenstein was a huge influence in Mel Brooks for that for Young Frankenstein. Like the metal arm policeman alone and how he moves around in young Frankenstein, how he always has to like click his arm like uh i don't i don't really have an analogy but like something and uh all your arm puns run out huh shut the fuck up anyway sorry (laughs) keep going julia it's wonderful i i love it and i love that it like has that kind of idea of legacy and like how do i write the like how can i write the wrongs in a way and like you know it's it's kind of heartbreaking to see him in the aftermath of his of frankenstein's kids of like of like frankenstein's choices on his family yeah it's it's difficult and then he's really trying quite hard to like right the wrong and then kind of gets caught up in in it in a way um Mm -hmm. and stops like really thinking about like what's best for everyone instead of like just trying to clear his family name so i yeah i was gonna say um rip (laughs) <laughs> yeah rip i mean <laughs> like that guy's arm that's oh my god okay i think uh, julia you already brought up a really good point it's, it's like this concept of legacy I, I wrote in my notes like the legacy of frankenstein like the name of frankenstein haunts the town like it's kind of refusing to die um and, it, and it's like 
what is this this message of like the people seem to keep rejecting but yet like the power structure i guess like kind of like the the scientist the this uh like this kind of like big house on the hill in this small peasantry kind of like a lord surf relationship keeps on messing up like inheriting this like problem so it's like I mean, I'm I'm like way over looking into this, but I was just saying like, you get it, you're a communist. Um, yeah, that's it. That's that's it. It's all just a okay. critique of capitalism. No, but seriously, like, it's this like inevitable process. You become the monster because you inherit this broken system, which is like this idea that you can you can you can fix these problems just with like you know I'll just fix it. I, I don't have to get rid of the whole system. I'll just fix the one problem that happened last time. And it's like no. You keep torturing these people, these townsfolk. You keep torturing yourself and your family. You keep torturing the monster, Igor, that kind of thing. Yeah, and I think it's also, um, in a lot of ways, it's like it really becomes about ego for like a lot of the mad mm. scientist characters. Even in the like Invisible Man series, there is yeah. this weird thing of like with power comes ego. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think in like a lot of the um, a lot of the Frankenstein movies, it's this idea of like the scientists get drunk with power and they're like, I can be God. I can, I can make things like I can, you know, and which is exactly what Mary Shelley was trying to communicate in, in her novel. Right. It's like, what are the, what are the limitations of technology? Like what, like, you know, what is the, what's our responsibility? Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The new Prometheus, right? Like, I yeah. Mean, like, sorry, it was a good, no, it's go ahead. A- no, I didn't have much to say. No, go ahead. Well, uh, I, no, I was just gonna say, yeah, like Mary Shelley's like original, like the way that she wrote the story was like this idea of like retelling the Prometheus story, but like with a uh, with her, during her kind of setting, which is like when this uh, this like non god takes the power of fire, gives it to the people. So like fire is like this power of life, and this constant discovery, this want, this wanting to have omnipotent godlike powers just continues to become problematic. Like in the tale of Prometheus, when the fire gets everywhere and stuff like that. And it's like, Oh my God, we can't just have fire all the time. Like fire bad. Sometimes we got it. Like, thanks Moss fire bad. <laughs> hey, that's a, that's a quote. I think. Yeah. yeah that's, yeah. that's, that's <laughs> what they're going to quote. Anyway, it was a good, it was a good picture. Julia. It was like one of the, it's a, it's such a good fucking movie. Thanks guys. I, I really enjoyed it. I also love the, <laughs> that part when, um, the kid has the stopwatch of the butler. Right. And he's like, oh my God. And he like puts all of it together. And I think this like might be one of the, oh, like, I don't know. There's a lot of the, some of my biggest problems with these movies is that they show everything and there's no like mystery or horror or like anything. Yeah. And I think it's like really, um, not anything. I love these movies. I love them from the bottom of my heart, but you know, Ghost of Frank, sorry, Son of Frankenstein, I think, just did that in a way where it's like that realization is, um, you know, it's hard, it, you can't be beat, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's, very, it's very satisfying. And it's like the only other film like it in terms of not showing a lot of stuff is like She-Wolf of London, or like, where mm-hmm. there's a lot of, like all the murders happen kind of off screen. So yeah, you're right. I think that like, uh, it's a, you know, Son of Frankenstein has so much more mystery and so much more of like a buildup. It becomes way more satisfying. Yeah, definitely. And there's that one part where the monster looks in the mirror and he's like, so sad. <laughs> yeah, rip dreams. Uh, uh, it's just so sad. All right, yeah. let's keep Speaking going. Speaking of sad monsters. Oh, yep. 
So oh. Number two. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I know what it is. Well, I, I, it I, I creature walks among us. Yep. You know, I was gonna say I I should have known this is gonna be your number two. Uh, I incorrectly guessed that Invisible Woman would be number two. Yes, but. Nothing can beat the ending of Creature Walks Among Us. All right, tell us about Creature Walks Among Us. Give us a brief overview. In Creature Walks Among Us, there is a uh, a boat going out, and they have funding to look for the creature from the Black Lagoon. Motherfucker. Um, And they find him, and they capture him. And the person who is running this whole shebang is this really rich, total douchebag. Um... (laughs) And he brings his wife along, and she's hilarious and great and so cute. Um, she's, like, flirting with one of the other sailors, you know, who's also very cute. She's having a great time. Know. She's having a great time. She's shooting things. She's being awesome. I love that she's, like, I, that she's, like, a marksman. Oh, yeah. She just She's shooting fish in the water, like, in the ocean. Yeah. It's, like, insane. Um, but, yeah, her husband sucks, and he's the one heading the operation. Basically, so they take, uh, the creature gets injured by fire, and they're worried that he is going to essentially suffocate on land uh, where they're taking care of him. And they realize that the creature has a set of lungs. So they get the lungs to work, and they also realize that under his scales, he has, like, flesh or, like, skin. Yeah. Uh, so some of his scales get removed and he looks horrifying for the rest of the movie. And then they like put him in a cage with a bunch of other animals on their property. And um, eventually he he's like kind of a gentle giant and then kills the super abusive husband. Yeah. And yeah. And then he like escapes and he starts walking towards the sea and he goes in and you realize that he doesn't have gills anymore, so he is walking towards his death. Yeah. Yeah. Man, so, it's such a tragic ending, but it's, it's so a, beautiful because it's right? like, like yeah, it's, it's like nearly it's the only a perfect thing you can film. do. Yeah, and this anatomy of the creature is also very um, reminiscent of what Guillermo del Toro used in *The Shape of Water*. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That creature also has lungs and gills as well. So. Um, where they like kind of see that he has both anatomies. Um, so I'm like, Guillermo del Toro. Guillermo. I got you. The legend. Adopt me, please. We see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I loved Creature. I love Creature Walks Among Us. I think it was, it's a great ending to the Creature trilogy. I kind of wish there were more Creature movies than just three. Like seeing as Frankenstein got like eight of them, I kind of wish there were more Creature films. Is that just me? Do you feel that way, Julia? No. Really, I, I think I think three was perfect. The second one was not as good as the the first and the third. Yeah, um, I just I think sometimes you got to know when you hit the sweet spot. And also, mm-hmm. Creature kind of came in at the end of this monster era of movies. Mm-hmm. Like it was right at the tail end. They had one last like big fucking movie to go out on, and I think they went out. I think they went on a really on a good high note with uh, yeah. Creature Walks Among Us. Yeah, and there's not a lot of um, there's not a lot of underwater shots in this particular film. Mm. But if you watch the original Creature from the Black Lagoon, which I really think everyone should, everyone should watch that. Yeah, there are these 
beautiful, very long underwater sequences. And the guy in the suit had to hold his breath for like all of those scenes. Like he would have to do it for four minutes at a time. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And it's the same guy in every movie. Jeez. That's crazy. Yeah. In that suit, in the water. Yep. You know, getting the take right. Like crazy. Take right. Yeah. And yeah, you, everyone needs to watch the original because there's these beautiful scenes where the woman is swimming um, and he's like swimming underneath her. And it's just like, it's like almost like a precursor to Jaws in a way, but it's like, it's beautiful and scary at the same time. Mm. And that's, I think like in the, you know, the next movie as well, I'll talk about that. There's like this just beautiful contrast between sadness and horror that almost like go hand in hand. And I think that's why um, I love Creature Walks Among Us so much because there is like, you know, there's this question of who's the monster in this movie, right? Yeah. Is it, it's definitely not the creature. It's kind of the abusive husband character, you know? Yeah. He ends up killing the man at the end and then Creature kills him. Yeah. It's. Honestly, I think you've said everything there is to say, or sorry, keep going. No, it's just, it's just really, and you see these moments of Creature where he, a lion attacks a sheep, right? And the creature kills the lion. And that just says so much, I think, about his character and what his genuine wants and needs are. And it's, I don't know, it's it's also so sad to see him in like, like real people clothes on land. It's like, it's just depressing. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it's not what he wants or what he needs. And then that scene where he like walks into the water, it's like, my God, like it's heartbreaking. Like he thinks that he's going to go back home, but he's completely been changed by this like harsh process of colonization inflicted upon him by people that he he never wanted, right? Like, yeah. you know, and it's this injury that's created by something on land that that he would never encounter in the sea. And that's essentially the thing that, you know, in the end, like ruins him yeah. and makes him more like other people, but not um, enough like himself to return home at the end. And it's, if you look at it through that kind of lens of like, it's, uh, it becomes 10 times sadder. Julia, seeing you on Zoom talk about one of the creature movies, I have never seen you full of such like whimsy and like raw emotion. And like, there's a lot, man. Yeah. And like, ugh, I'm going to get emotional. I knew I was going to get emotional. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> but you know, a lot of these movies are just riddled with grief. Yep. And I'm going to, it's, I watched a lot of them when I was like um, fresh out of the death of a close family member. And I just put on these movies just as background noise. Mm -hmm. And I like ended up just being uh, enchanted in a way because it's like, or like just understood, you know, in a way that I didn't think I would be. Mm. And I think that it's, it's interesting and beautiful and a lot of these monsters are just sad things that are looking for acceptance and love in a way that we all are all of the time. And it's 
seeing creature walk into the water afterward, it's like, it's, it strikes a chord. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. way, you know, and I think like I, I related to it a lot. I like recently went back to my, uh, my mom's from Portugal and I went back to Portugal and I was like, I can't communicate with anybody here. I'm trying really hard, but no one, like I, my Portuguese isn't, is too bad for here, you know? And it, yeah. like, it was just like this moment of like creature walking into the water again. And mm. like, Oh, I, I, you know, I feel at home and I look like everyone here, but it's like, I can't quite, um, I don't quite fit anymore. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, that's, that's really heartbreaking. I don't even think, Moss, I don't even have anything to add. I think yeah. you've summed this up like beautifully. That was, uh, yeah, thank you. That um, was poetic. We're, we're not even at number one yet, which mm. is going to get me even more poetic. Okay. Which is Bride of Frankenstein. And I knew it was going to be Bride of Frankenstein from the beginning, but regardless, I rewatched Bride of Frankenstein last night with Moss and I forgot how perfect Bride of Frankenstein is. Like it is one of the best sequels I have ever seen. And like, I'm going to let give us an overview and you get into like what you thought about it and your thoughts. Okay. Um, Bride of Frankenstein starts off with Mary Shelley. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Basically being like, hey guys, I know you thought Frankenstein was over, but there's actually this whole other part to it. And Lord Byron's like, you're a beautiful woman. Why? How, how is your head filled with monsters? And she's like, listen, Lord Byron, let me knock your socks off. <laughs> and, uh, and she does. Um, so it starts right after the movie of Frankenstein ends. Um, and she... So yeah, it's like the, the angry mob is kind of dispersing a little bit. Uh, we find that Frankenstein is alive. He, um, the doctor, and the monster is also still alive. Fuck yeah. So, yeah. Um, and that first Dr. Frankenstein's like, look, I'm not messing with this stuff anymore. We're done. And then another scientist comes and says look at these little miniature people I created. <laughs> like, hey, but what if you did just keep fucking with it? Yeah, you know? And uh, and he, like, kind of convinces the um, Frankenstein that, you know, maybe we should at least create a woman. What's the um, villain's name it, again? It's, like, Peoria or something? Dr. Pretorius. Oh, yeah, yeah, which is such a villain name. Yeah, yeah. like, everyone uh-huh. should be able to tell. Like, he just walks in, hello, I'm Dr. Pretorius. I'm not trusting this guy. Like, oh, my God, get away from me. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, keep going, Julia. No, no, it's all good. And, uh, yeah, he's he's freaky. He has all these, like, miniature people who live in glass, which very cool effects. Yeah. Um, and I think he kind of blackmails Frankenstein into doing this with him. Um, and meanwhile, the monster is... Uh, having like the time of his life, which makes me really <laughs> sad. I'm gonna get emotional again. By the way, okay. um, just a heads up. Um, it is like he finds a man who's blind, and the man who's blind is so happy because he's found a friend, and that they can be friends now. 
And Frankenstein is happy because he has a friend as well. And the blind man takes care of Frankenstein. And sorry, not Frankenstein, takes care of the monster. And together they think that they have a like that they can live in happiness this way. That the monster is the man's eyes and the man is the monster's like voice. And mm. like together we're complete. Yeah, um, wow. Yeah, and a lot of people uh you know, say that there's maybe some like homosexual undertones to the scene, which perhaps. I, don't, I didn't see Kevin, that. Pardon? I didn't see that. Did you see that? Um, I, for me, like I didn't see it upon first watch. I still don't, I don't know if I buy that part, but um, we'll get into a queer reading of Bride of Frankenstein. And okay. Just okay. That. Sorry. Keep going. Yeah, Cause these two men come and burst his bubble and then drag the monster back not 100%. I like, yeah, they take the monster back with them where the monster escapes, good, gets back to Dr. Frankenstein. And then Dr. Frankenstein is like, we're creating a mate for you, a friend. Right. And the monster is really hooked on this idea of friends now. Mm-hmm. And uh, they find a young woman and they revive her from the dead. She takes one look at Frankenstein and screams. And not Frankenstein. She takes one look at the monster and screams. And then the monster is so distraught by this. And he tells Dr. Frankenstein to leave. And then he looks at the villain, Dr. Precorius, and the uh, Bride of Frankenstein and himself. And he says, you go, we belong dead. And he pulls a lever and the place explodes. A lever? A lever. He pulls yeah. a lever yeah. and the place explodes. And it's, and it's devastating. It's a fantastic ending. It's fucking beautiful. Like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, bride of Fran- and the bride looks perfect. So cool. Um, yeah, like the, the costume design and the makeup is gorgeous. Like I can't even, I can't find a bad thing about this movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, it's and like this movie is very you, Julia. Like, yeah, it really is. Thank you. So <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, sorry. Moss, what did you think of it? Oh, I mean, I, yeah, I, I, I loved it a lot. I almost wish that there were like, I kind of like, and dislike that there's so little of the, the, the bride in the film, yeah, right? Yeah, I was about to say that. Because yeah. I really like how they kind of say it for the ending. And they, I'm pretty sure used the exact same actor who played Shelley, Mary Shelley in the beginning yeah, as the, and it was great because if you look at the opening title crawl, you see that like the, the, the mate or the bride has yeah, like zero, dot, question, dot, mark, dot, question mark, question like, mark. Like it's like, they don't even want, so it's very, it's, it's coy like that. And it, really nice. And just, yeah, I just love how ambitious it, it is, though, because of that. Like, it's really ambitious and sudden what they're kind of saying with having the bride kind of very, fairly present and stuff and her just kind of initial reaction to the monster and everything. It's just very, very smart. And, um, yeah, it's just, it, 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 it uh, yeah, as you said already, like, I just love, I mean, I've, everyone always is like, oh, her hair is amazing. But, like, just her entire design. Um, the shots where we first see her, like her initial reveal, the lighting is spectacular. Like just great stuff. Great stuff. Yeah. Yeah, Moss kind of summed it up. It's, I just, I love it so much. I wish we could see more of the bride, but also I think we see about as much of her as we need to. And her scene is so perfect when we do see her that it's, it's very worth it. Like. Yeah. And it's crazy how iconic that character has become for only six minutes. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Right. Yeah, like it's, that hair alone. Yeah, and it just goes to show what an impression, like, good costume design 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, it's beautiful. And, it also shows um, like the like the the uh, uh, the range of that the way act of that actress who could play like prim and prompt Mary Shelley at the beginning and then like this monster at the end. Yeah, it's like almost goes back to like that derivation of the self, that, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, are we are we all man or all are we all monster? Who knows? And um, if you look at this though, so James Whale who directed this and Frankenstein as well, he was um, openly gay. Mm, I did not know that. Yes. And uh, that's why a lot of people think that his career didn't go very far. Um, Yeah. So he was, if you look at both of those movies through this, like, um, like queer and other lens, it's, it's very, very interesting because, you know, you have a monster that is essentially outcast, who has good intentions, who wants to do good things, who knows himself that like, who um, has discussed with himself for being what he is and what he can't control. And, you know, if you kind of deconstruct it in that way, it's it's very powerful because you have the, uh, yeah, you have that like really heartbreaking thing of, of you know, identity and, and what that meant the director at the time, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then that scene where he's with, he's finally found a friend who doesn't, he literally doesn't see that he's a monster, right? Yeah. Or like, you can see the bad. And like, having that get taken away from him is just, God, oh, it makes me cry, like, every mm. single time. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then that whole thing of we belong dead. Which is such a good line. Like, like, yeah. It really shows the growth of the monster too, that he was like, he doesn't want to kill like his original creator. Like, yeah. It's, it's like, uh, I'm just at a loss for words. It's just such a good movie. Yeah, no, it's heavy. It, it, it hits in a, in a, it hits in a way that like is what I kind of talked about creeping back of me, the, the sadness and horror, right? That goes along with it. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because the horror, I think for me, when I watch it, it doesn't come from what Frankenstein is doing. It's what's happening to him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's kind of like the horror of the people who are inflicting pain onto him. Even watching the original Frankenstein, like seeing him get tormented by Igor always makes him feel sad. And then you see that he still has that trauma with the fire where he does not like fire. Anymore. Yeah. And yeah. And then reintroduced to it by a friend in a, in a, in a peaceful way, in a way of like, this is fire that heats up our house or we're friends, you know? Um, or yeah. it heats up the smoke and we have a cigar <laughs> together. Um, yeah, it's it's just, it's gorgeous and, and beautiful and it makes me want to cry every single time I watch it. Honestly, Julia, you came up with such a good fucking top 10 list of these movies. Like, I had such a good time watching these. Mm-hmm. Thanks. I really, I tried to put a lot of thought and effort into it. Um, I also would like to give a shout out to uh, Monster Squad. Yeah, if anyone listening has not seen Monster Squad, I don't know what you're doing with your life, but stop fucking, li- stop fucking listening and go watch Monster Squad. I actually haven't seen it until Zach um, took, me to, <sighs> took me to see it with him at the Royal Theater. Yeah, when we can actually go out to movies. Yeah, hopefully. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, it, it's it's great. It has that whole thing. It like reintroduces um, Frankenstein in a peaceful way as well. Yep. And like, 
you know, has him make friends with another little girl. It's really um, good. It's, it's like written by Fred Decker and Shane Black. Yeah. Like. It's yeah. So, Juliet, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. No like, seriously. And thank you for doing this list. No, it's. Thank you. It's okay. And, like, I feel. Like, I just want to, th- again, I just want to thank you so much for coming to the podcast because I essentially, like, I almost approached you and then gave you a homework project to come on the podcast. And not almost. That's exactly what you did. That's exactly actually. what that's- I did. Yeah. Um, you know what? I'm, I'm glad because it gave me an excuse to rewatch all of them. And I was going to rewatch all of them for October anyway. Hmm. Um, so this was just, it was a little bit of a pressure cooker, but it was good. Um, you, you, I- you did such a great job. Like, Moss and I never could have come up with a list this good. Like, Thank you. Yeah, really we, we would have had to sit through like probably way more, but like every single movie that you that you brought to us in this list was like it. Not only do they each have value, but they each have value in really different ways. They each have mm-hmm. like like again, you could look at like um, some of the more comedic like elements in these films, but then like some of them that are just legitimately like tearjerkers. Like they are just so tragic and so like capturing the essence of like horror and not just like the kind of scare you sense, but in like, you know, the emotional turmoil sense, like it was a wild ride. We've been on a wild ride, everybody. Yeah, definitely. I'm glad. I'm glad though. Um, yeah. And all of the, um, you know, original ones like, um, invisible man, mummy, like, you know, but just the Wolfman Frankenstein creature, uh, they're amazing. They're maybe like, uh, I think a majority of them are probably better than anything I put on this list. I would, everyone should watch them. Yes. They're mm. beautiful and perfect. But I mean, this uh, is, this is an even better list because everyone knows to watch the universal movies. Yeah. Like the, the monster <laughs> movies are so classic, but you're giving them like an extended reading list, like a list of like, Oh yeah, but there's a million sequels and here are the best ones. So like awesome top notch work so, as usual. Again, well, Julia, thank you so much for coming on today. The next time we have you on the podcast, we'll like actually talk about film school, maybe, probably. Yeah, maybe. Or I could do another countdown. I'm fucking down oh, for I'm, that I'm too. Very down. Uh, yeah. I uh, anything, anything you guys want, I love it. And um, if anyone wants to know more about um, the monsters and monster theory and such, there is this great book uh, or this great essay actually by Jeffrey Jerome Cohen. Uh, it's called Seven Monsters, Seven Theses. No, uh, Monster Culture, Seven Theses. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's got, it's it's a really great uh, starting point for if you want to analyze monster movies in a more. Um, yeah. yeah. And, Good to know. And uh, I also want to quickly shout out, and also to, to, uh, to you, Julia, as well, recommend, I don't know if you already listened to this podcast called Faculty of Horror. No, actually, I haven't heard. You should. Oh, my gosh. It's two awesome academics and they both love it it is a little it is a little academic. So there is a little bit of jargon every now and then. But I swear it's so good. They're both like super smart and well researched. And every time they talk about like either a classic film or a contemporary film, I'm always just like, man, Julia would love this podcast like every time they do it. So, um, yeah. Yeah. All right. Thank you again, Julia. I think we should wrap it up just because this episode ran a bit long. But it was worth yeah. it. It was totally worth it. I'm not like, thank you again, Julia. Thank you so much. Is there anything you want to shout out or plug quickly before? Uh, I don't have anything to shout out. Just, you know, that essay uh, is a great essay. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm writing a, 
I'm trying to get a television series off the ground about lesbian swap monsters. So are you trying to make it a series? Yeah, I uh, after painfully taking years to write it as a feature, I woke up from a dream and I was like, oh, this needs to be a series. So now I'm doing that and it works way better this way. So that's, uh, that's, also that's awesome. That the work is never done. Just like you're revising your monster movie list <laughs> minutes before and during the podcast, because I rearranged stuff as we were talking. Um, it's, uh, you know, the work's never done for a writer. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Thank you, Julia. Yeah, thanks, Julia. Thanks so much. You're the best. Stay safe. Um, Have a good day. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. I Went to Film School is recorded in Toronto, Canada, and produced by Zach Gladstone and Anthony Moss. 